in the far-off year of 1980X, we have many amazing things available to us. Some questionable fashion choices, some amazing hairstyles, and what some would say would be the greatest selection of music and movies to ever grace popular culture. We are diving deep into the 80s here on For the Lore, playing the new RPG Tales from the Loop, a childhood mystery supernatural fantasy investigation game where a group of teenagers finds themselves in weird situations that, well, the adults in town aren't quite sure actually even existed in the first place. Joining us for this wonderful game, we have, of course, Roger and Joe. And as our third kid for this game, we have Alicia. Hello. <laughs> <laughs> She's like, bitch, I've been on this show. I don't need a fancy <laughs> intro. <laughs> Fair enough. I, I appreciate it, though. <laughs> So we're starting here with an episode zero of this RPG, because if you recall, when I first talked about Tales from the Loop several months ago on uh, the proper For the Lore, I, I mentioned that it's a very mechanically simple game, but it's very deep in character and especially group interactions. So I figured it would be great for our first episode that we put out to be about determining those characters and how they interact with each other before we get into the actual game. So this episode is going to be focused on character creation and just getting the group together and figuring out how all the dynamics work. So how have you guys uh, enjoyed the uh, the character creation in this game compared to D&D or Shadowrun? As the newbie in the group, I love it. <laughs> this is great. It it was very simple to to follow. Very intuitive as well, though, because, again, you remember to the time when you were a kid and what was important to you and the little things that they put in, and it fits, and it's nice. I, I quite like this. Of course, I'm, I'm not up on all the combat and, and shit like that, so I'm not quite certain if I'll like it later on. <laughs> it's okay. Neither am I. I haven't read those chapters yet. Oh, okay. Well, I feel better then. <laughs> All right, so uh, we're going to run through our three characters here really quickly. Uh, so who wants to start off? Allie. She's, yeah, she, she should go first. Okay, I, I can do that. Um, what should, uh, I, basically, I, uh, I chose a rocker by the name of Matea Trujillo. Uh, her nickname, as given to her by her parents, is Chipa, which means firecracker. Um, she's 13 years old. Uh, her drive as a 13-year-old is that she's doing it for love. Um, her biggest pride is, of course, playing the bass because she plays a four-string bass with fingers, no picks. She's not like that. She likes to play down and dirty. And her biggest anchor is her older sister, Elena. All right. So getting into the mechanics of this character, how old is Elena? Elena is actually 13 years old. Um, I didn't know if I wanted to go older or younger. I figured uh, I'd be playing it safe if I was keeping somewhat some middle ground. So I opted for 13. Okay, I'm sorry. Matea, not Elena. Elena's the sister. So if you're 13 years old, that means you have 13 points to distribute among the four stats. Body, tech, heart, and mind. So uh, what did you put in there? I ended up putting body at four. Tech at two. Um, you may want to check my math because I don't math well. Um, heart at five and then mind at two. Okay. And then as a rocker, 
Your key skills are move, charm, and empathize. So at character creation, you have 10 points to spend amongst the 12 skills that are in the game. For your key skills, they can go up to three, and for everything else, the maximum of character creation is one, so you can figure that out in your time as well. All right, sounds good. All right, and for the rocker, you have a number of uh, choices here that you can make. So what did you choose for your iconic item? My iconic item is a denim jacket with a Slayer backpatch, because if I was going to go thrash, I was going to go big or go home. Yeah, and this is important for the game because your iconic item is something that your kid always has. As the GM, I can't take it away from you. I can't force you to lose it. You can choose to change it at some point, but it also has a mechanical benefit because you can think of some way to use that back jacket and back patch in the actual gameplay. You get two extra dice to your roll. So it's, I love it because it's a character thing that actually has a mechanical effect in the game. It's actually very different. I think that's pretty cool. I, I, Still waiting to see how the story kind of pans out, but I fully intend on using my denim jacket at some point. Hopefully, maybe, you know, hiding somebody or something. So we'll see. Okay. And you also had to choose a problem for your character. My problem is, is I am endlessly in love with the class introvert, but he only sees me as a friend. He friend zones me. So damn it. And mechanically, uh, your problem is something I can use to to put you into what the game uh, says, calls trouble. It's basically then the mechanical like dice rolling aspects of the game if you're in trouble. However, if you can actually overcome your problem, uh, that results in experience, which is always nice. Uh, next up, what did you choose for your drive? Uh, my drive is I am doing it for love. Uh, you know, don't let my, my rocker appearances fool you. I may be a thrash kid, but I got a big heart and there's certainly somebody that's filling it. Okay, and next, your pride. My pride is I play the bass. I like playing the bass, but I got to play it with my fingers. I can't do it with the pick. I refuse. Okay, that's going to be interesting to work into the game mechanically because your pride is something that you can do uh, once per mystery. If you fail a roll, you can check your pride as a way of saying. So if you can somehow narratively include the fact that you're proud about playing the bass into whatever dice roll is going on, you can automatically succeed on that roll that you previously failed. You could just whip out a fucking bass like a bard. <laughs> Start laying down licks. <laughs> playing rain and blood at some point or just practicing tabs somewhere. You get advantage for that. <laughs> <laughs> and if they they say anything bad, yeah, hit them with the fucking bass. See, there you go. Yeah, but the fun thing about that, since the bass isn't her iconic item, I can take it away. Ooh. Ooh. You may want to rethink that, Ellie. <laughs> oh, shit. Um, no, I'm going to keep this. I'm going to play the bass. Screw you, narrator. Yeah, narrator. She's daring you. <laughs> Just how comfortable is your couch? <laughs> and you've already determined that your anchor is your older sister, right? Yeah, it's going to be my older sister, Elena. There's a huge age difference between me and her. So I see her in many regards, not just a sister and a best friend, but almost like a second mom, too. 
And the way the anchor uh, works into the gameplay is your anchor is somebody that you can go to. And over the course of the game, you're going to assume certain or not assume, goodness, uh, take on certain conditions, either by failing tests or by pushing your character. So you can become upset, scared, exhausted or injured. There's also a fifth condition of broken once you've already checked all those other boxes. And your anchor is a way that we can play out a role-playing scene to heal those conditions. So again, it's a, it's a very narrative-focused thing that mechanically affects the game. And again, it, I can't say this enough. This is one of the reasons I love this game so much. All right, I'm down for that. I'm down for all of that. Let's do it. And also the uh, final uh, mechanical thing we need to work out for you is your luck points. Uh, your luck points is very simply 15 minus your age. So you have two luck points. And what luck points are is if you fail a roll, you can spend a luck point to reattempt it. And as you grow older, you lose luck points. So it, it, it shows that you have more stats, like you're growing as a person, both physically and mentally. But, you know, young kids don't have that advantage, but young kids and seem to get out of trouble that older kids can't quite. So it, it's it's a cool little mechanic as well. All right, then. So I currently have two luck points now that I would put in my character sheet, correct? Yeah. And then we can go over your skills at a later point. All right. Sounds good to me. So the only things you have left to do are going to be your connections, and uh, we'll get into that stuff after we introduce the other two characters. So let's move on to Roger. Roger, what is your character? All right. Um, I actually chose someone specifically because I, I was talking to Joe, and we didn't iron out all the details. Um, but I, luckily, just talking before we were starting this, we're we're on the same kind of page because one of the things that I read a lot in the at the beginning of the book was how it talked about how bad bullying was then, mm-hmm. and I, as I told him, it's clearly still it's always been a problem. But I'm from that time as well, and I can certainly remember it, as can most people. And and it was so I thought, well, if we can have one person in the group that is a little bit stronger, and that if their points are going towards that, so that they can for all intents and purposes, be the protector of the group, essentially. The tank. Yeah, essentially, yeah. Not the smartest, can't figure out all the other stuff, but at least they can do that. Then that would allow the rest of the group to really kind of thrive in whatever it is that they want to do without having to worry about that being picked on or whatever kind of thing. So Mm -hmm. my guy is, because of that, um, well, his name is Jackson. um, And he's going to be in the troublemaker class, but... (laughs) It's funny, as I was typing it out for myself, it was like, he's not really a troublemaker. He's more misunderstood. <laughs> it was well, like, this is the one time this actually applies. <laughs> um, I'm making it so that he is he is from a broken home, and his father was an alcoholic and abusive. And at one point, the father leaves, and now the mother has next to nothing had to start over from scratch with both him as well as his younger sister, who's going to be nine, named Anna. And she's just this cute little bookworm that he wants to protect. And so his mother is constantly working all the time kind of thing, and he is... He's not really doing everything that he can, but he's at a point where he has seen so much and been beaten and scarred by his father that um, he doesn't really care a lot. He cares about the people he's protecting, the people that are important to him, his friends and family kind of thing. But school means nothing to him. The Getting a job means nothing. These things aren't important things because he grew up where what was important was survival. 
And I made it so that um, I actually, I was telling Joe the reason why this character kind of felt right for me and I was able to pull so quickly from from what I would do for what I would do for him is because my son and I, the novel that we're working on right now, there's elements of that character that I'm pulling and I'm putting to this. So it works really well. So he's actually going to have been quite a bit abused by the, the, the father and to the point where he's going to have very limited um, eyesight in his left side. And you're going to see some like spider web cracking uh, scars around the eye where the orbital socket was fractured by the father at one point when he was really quite young. So that's helps to show that just, this isn't just a kid being moody kind of thing. He's been through shit now. And so when he's telling you that he's not dicking around, he generally means it. Um, and that's it, I guess. So he's going to be kind of, again, doesn't really care all that much in, in be it class or anything else, but it's certainly going to be all there for his friends and make sure that he protects them as, as best he can. Okay. So as a 14-year-old, you're obviously going to have 14 stat points to distribute and one luck point to work with. And then as a troublemaker, your key skills are force, sneak, and lead, which I think ties in quite well to what you want this character to be doing here. So like I said, those three can go up to a maximum of three. Everything else can go up to a maximum of one, totaling 10 points. And then getting into all the other fun stuff, what is your iconic item? Um, oh, that's... <laughs> And I thought of this not because I'd seen the 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 illustration in the manual because I'd already <laughs> thought about it, but then I saw the illustration. I went, "Well, that was just perfect," except without the hook at the end. But at, I, I was thinking about the things of that time again because I'm of that time that were more iconic that I remember, and also because I was a teenager during that time too. A large part of that time, it was it was different how I saw it then as well. So I'm looking at like. The again, he's going to have the uh, an Ozzy Osbourne concert shirt that he's going to going to wear, and uh, his favorite song is going to be "Crazy Train" by Ozzy, and he's going to listen to a lot of more of that that type of music kind of thing. Um, but I also thought then, well, if he was a kid reading comic books, one of the things that he would have thought was fairly cool again would have been Ghost Rider and that idea of vengeance and for against people who have done wrong, and which he would obviously be able to to relate to. So, I his iconic item is a chain. Not like some massive fucking thing, but still enough that he can loop it around him in the same way the Ghost Rider does. And then he keeps that underneath his T-shirt. So he can quite easily in a fight, literally, like he won't get in trouble by the teacher for having a chain around him. But then get in the fight after school or whatever, he just reaches under his shirt and pulls and boom, he's got a chain. And now that you bring up the Ghost Rider comics uh, element, I just now got the incredible joke in your name. You're going to have to tell me then because it was not intended. You got this <laughs> You got this kid with functionally one eye and his last name is Summers. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, yeah, I'll All take right, it then. I'll take the win on yeah. that. I didn't intend to. <laughs> All right. And you already uh, dis d described his problem of having the abusive father and now uh, having a single mother and having to deal with all those troubles at home. Uh, yeah, trouble at home drive? is going to be quite a bit. And I don't know how much of that, like, you work into the story because I clearly, if I'm staying in character, he would not be wanting to bring up these things. But, like, mm -hmm. the father took off suddenly, and it's not really said why. It's never really discussed why. 
Now, if you want to know why, I can tell you so you can use it in terms of the story. But if you well, don't care... It's one care, of those things where, where the way that the game works out, it's done as a series of scenes. So we can have a scene with you at home without the other characters present where you can you know, ex- expand upon that if you wish. But okay. it wouldn't be okay. part of like the group knowledge, if okay. you will. Cool. All right. And uh, what's Jackson's drive? Protect family and friends. All right. Like his sister, especially. And then he kind of, he he projects that onto his friends. And they may not necessarily need it, in which case it would be fun for them to kind of push back sometimes that they don't need it, if, if in fact they don't. Um, and I, clearly that'd be great for Allie at some point too, because she's going to be a strong character too. But, uh, but yeah, it's, it's, to protect family and friends. Okay. And his pride? His pride is going to be that he can take a beating. So I was thinking again in terms of the Holy Trinity of being the tank, it's that he his like favorite movies at the time are going to be Rocky and First Blood. This idea of you may get knocked down, but you get back up again, and eventually you're going to win the fight just because they're fucking tired of hitting you if you're not hitting them hard <laughs> enough kind of thing. So it's just basically that he can take a beating. All right, all right. And finally, your anchor. My anchor is um, his father's sister is his aunt Joan is going to be. And there's going to be a fairly large um, age gap between uh, the sister and his father. And it was, I relate that to my old man and my aunt. And there's massive 18 years, I think, difference, 19 between wow. them. And she was more like a sister for us kind of thing so i kind of was looking at it like that where it's a it is an aunt and she's going to be more she's going to she is going to be older than he um so she'll be like maybe in her early 20s but still significantly younger than his father so she's the one that is introduces him to to music and is very um nurturing to him but since his father left she doesn't he doesn't see her as often now because of that conflict okay all right so that wraps up your individual stuff so we're gonna move on to our third kid joe who are you playing my character is brandon lewis a 13 year old bookworm of mixed racial background he's half black half white um he is a comic book and gaming nerd who loves books and he's constantly picked on at school for being the smartest one in the class and constantly being lost in sort of his own little fantasy worlds in his books. Um, and also the fact that he's half black, half white doesn't help either. Um, his favorite song is, of all things is Kenny Loggins, Mr. <laughs> Knight. <laughs> wow. Oh, my God. <laughs> yeah. Um, oh, his favorite, his, uh, his iconic item is his sword of omens toy that his dad bought him. Uh, he carries that with him everywhere. What the hell's a sword um, of omens? Sword of omens. Give me sight beyond sight. <laughs> did Roger, Roger, did you never, did you not know Thundercats? He was a little too old. No, I was too old for oh Thundercats. I didn't watch oh that. No. Yeah. Um, his anchor is his dad. Uh, his dad is his best friend. Uh, and his pride is that his dad allows him access to his private library. This is where dad keeps all of his books that he's collected over the years that he doesn't let anybody else touch. Um, 
So he has access to all these weird like science journals and uh, history books and fantasy books that other kids don't even know what they are. Like Lord of the Rings. What, what the hell's that? That type of stuff. Okay. I was thinking too, because um, they're making their characters 13 and mine's going to be 14. So he'll have failed a year so they can still be in the same kind of class and still okay. hang yeah, together. I like that. So it also helps because then he is a little bit bigger than the other kids, especially if he got a growth spurt. So it fits in with the rest of that narrative. Oh yeah, my kid's a runt. My kid's, so, my kid's totally a runt. And I like the idea of him, if he's known, see this is what Joe and I had not yet worked out kind of thing, is if he's known Joe's character for a while, be it because Joe's character actually accepts him, whereas the others make fun of him, and vice versa, they kind of feel that, that relationship, then he would spend a lot of time at, at Joe's house or the, his, his character's parents' house quite a bit. And that normalcy of seeing those parents together and loving and caring would also be then well, something that's really fun to take in. With with you uh, with you failing a year, I think it would make sense that my character maybe was tutoring your character. There it is too, yeah. Because my character is like that sort of that that accidental know-it-all. Would it also help if maybe I was uh, a next door neighbor to Joe and that's kind of the connection with the three of us that, you know, I am in close proximity to you guys, but I kind of just see you in passing as I'm walking to school or walking to the music store. Oh, we don't need that. Joe just wants to nail you. (laughs) Oh, there's your tie right there. No, no, no. Love Lauren, little boy. That is. That's that an erection not even every time you walk by. You're the core of my character. My character doesn't even think of things like that. He's more worried about being like the dwarven king of like Undertown. Dad doesn't have he... any of the kissing books. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, I mean, he does. He just doesn't know I found them. All right. So moving on with Brandon, uh, what's his problem? He's constantly bullied. Kids constantly beat the shit out of him and. Uh, take his books, rip them up, throw them out the windows, and uh, just anytime he's caught alone, he's he gets the crap kicked out of him. Okay. And his drive. He wants to find something, something that he can do that he can throw back at these people and make them respect him and accept him and stop kicking the crap out of him. All right. Well, that's actually going to be really cool seeing that come up and play then because there's opportunities for that, of course. And then you went through uh, Anchor and Pride and all that already. So, all right. So the next part here of character creation is that each of the kids needs to have a connection with the other kids. So I believe, uh, Joe and Roger, you guys already have something working out there. Yeah, I like I like that idea. That maybe I was the uh, his your tutor. I got assigned to you when you got held back a year. And I kind of like the idea of Ellie being the next door neighbor. It's it actually works out too because then there isn't well if if we go that route then there isn't the history but then it does open up that possibility of this is just the origin so it's just building on the, a, a new history yeah now. I mean the history so the history there could be like you started coming over to my house for tutoring but like you know my parents kept feeding you and yeah you know well, and asking you about your and day and taking you in as if they were one of their kids and you just kind of didn't want to leave so yeah no that'll work out great. I mean, it almost, I kind of had this thought in my head now where it seems like the neighborhood that me and Joe are in is very kind of picturesque in a sense where it's like, you know, mom and dad families with the kids and the white picket fence. But yeah, you know, it's his still parents, minorities. Yeah, I was just yeah, going to say, yeah. 
And so, like, you know what I mean? You have your mom and dad, and my mom and dad are together despite, you know, their strains, which you would learn that backstory as we go along. But, I mean, it would make sense proximity-wise for the two of us to kind of be connected like that, where maybe your parents know my parents. They've done potlucks at the church or something like that. Yeah, and your parents and, and my parents constantly, like, even ever since we were kids, constantly tried to make us, like, hang out, and it just kind of worked out, so to speak. Like, every time they were at functions, we just kind of, like, toddled off and did our own thing. I told you my favorite band was Sepultura, and you thought I was some, like, villainous Loch Ness monster, and so you well, actually, tried making fan fiction about it. I actually read the, just uh, like, I actually looked up what that meant in an encyclopedia, and it was like, why, why is, why, why, why? What about vivisection? Why? <laughs> Well, it also makes a lot of sense because this game is taking place in Boulder City, Colorado in the 80s, which is dominantly uh, inhabited by white families. So having, you know, two minority children, like, it just makes sense that, you know, your parents would be like, hey, go hang out with him. I agree. I agree. I think that works. I think that works out really well. And I mean, it, we still don't have that much of an emotional investment or connection, but at least we're, you know, we're more than just strangers or actual acquaintances. And it's kind of outside of the, the school environment, which, you know, could change the dynamics of relationships, you know, in a polar sense. Okay, which just means we need some sort of connection between Jackson and Matea. So uh, what do we have for ideas there? Well, I'll be at Joe's house when she goes over or whatever. So I, I would clearly get to know her, unless you want something more than that. I think Jackson wants to nail Matea. Well, if she is the the hard rocking chick with the the jacket, then likely yes, he would. <laughs> or if nothing else, at least the uh, the music itself can serve as a sort See, of that's connection the other between thing the too. two of you. Yeah, like he if if in fact, I mean, we can make up anything here. If she's a bass player, then he could have known about her for some time, and to the point of even being a pseudo roadie carrying around her amp and. And, and shit whenever she's playing somewhere or something like that. Like, there's there's any number of, of ties we can we can do there. I mean, we could have been the wallflowers at, you know, our Friday night dance at school. We could have seen each other in passing at shows, and it's like, I kind of knew him, but I didn't know him very well. There, there's a lot of options there on that one. Do we need to have an existing connection, Vince, or are you going to throw us together? Uh, I, I think it's important that at least you have like, it doesn't have to be like a, a strong bond, but definitely something that'll connect the two of you before we start beyond just, you know, he's my friend, other, my friend's other friend, you know. Well, we'd be in the same class. Does that well, not we count can for even enough? have like a common leisurely hobby, too, where, you know, I see his Aussie T-shirts. He sees my Exodus shirts. So we kind of do this underground like tape trading thing at school. But people misconstrue Ooh, it and like think it. that we're passing drugs to each other or something. That actually would like fit really that. well, too, because that was a thing in the 80s. That was a big thing in the 80s. Yeah, I was just going to suggest something with tape trading, but given that Jackson's, you know, the the troublemaker outcast bringing, you know, potential trouble from the adults not knowing what they're actually doing, I actually really like that. Cool. Yeah. All right. And then the next thing we need, each character needs uh, similar bonds with two NPCs in the game world. And that's... Um, Outside of your family, of course, because your family you're already bonded with. And what I've decided here, you don't need to pick, like, specific NPCs if you don't want to. Like, you can say, uh, 
for Brandon, you know, uh, spends a lot of time hanging out in an after school club with one of the teachers. You don't need to necessarily spe pick the specific. Oh, teacher. I already got it. Okay. Got it. <laughs> well, I, I'm just as an example for everybody else present, uh, you know, if, if that was your thing. And then one day we're doing a scene at school and, you know, oh, it's the math teacher. You can be, oh, yeah, that that's the guy. That's the guy that I do the after school clubs with. So if you at least have an idea what the bond is, but maybe not the specific NPC, we can work oh, it, that it's in. It's totally the teacher that runs the chess club. <laughs> All right. So uh, what are your two bonds, Joe? <laughs> well, I mean, if it's going to have to be two bonds, one is definitely going to be the uh, the teacher uh, that runs the chess club. Uh, I'll specify which teacher it is as time comes on. Right. Whatever, but, uh, that and then. Uh, hmm. Second bond out of family. It's something you can we can come back to later. There's an old there's an old guy that lives in the in, in the um, uh, neighborhood that I'm constantly going over to talk with because he survived World War II and has all these amazing stories and loves to talk about literature. Um, old man, insert name here, Jenkins, whatever. OK, cool. I like that. And, you know, you, you have that connection of, uh, you know, part of Tolkien's inspiration for Lord of the Rings was his time serving in war. I'm sure there's a lot of interesting stuff we can do there. All right. Uh, Roger, do you have uh, two bonds for Jackson? I had two, but one of them was his aunt. I didn't realize it couldn't be okay. a, um, a relative. Um, yeah, like this is this is stuff that could come up like in the actual like gameplay trouble scenarios. So it wouldn't be the same as your anchor. Right. Okay. Um, the other one I thought would be the essentially the bartender at the um, the the closest bar wherever his old man used to get plastered at. He got to know the bartender quite a bit, and so that just from be, having to go pick the old man up. Yep. Sometimes. Yep. So he right. that's he knows and respects in that one adult. Um, if right. I need to do another one, I would say. One of the teachers, maybe one of the younger teachers there. If there's a young male teacher there, maybe he I'm identifies sure we a little can make bit that more. Work. But that's the only thing that I would think. All right. Yeah. As, as, as we don't need it hammered in stone right now. So yeah. if you come up with an idea, just let me know. And then finally, Matea, do you have two NPC bonds? I did. And I accidentally put them in uh, Roger's sheet for a second. I apologize. I'm going to cut and paste those for you. Um, but the uh, the two that I have is Mrs. Lowe, who is the school nurse. Um, I frequently make trips to the school nurse either because I want to try to get out of gym or because as I'm becoming of age and becoming a woman, I'm experiencing things. I find myself very confused and scared by the things that are happening. So I can kind of turn to her and I know that she won't cast judgment on me. And she kind of almost serves like my in-school therapist of sorts where I can just talk to her and, you know, one, get out of class and then two, you know, get to tell her what's going on and how I'm feeling. I feel like she understands it and she won't judge or criticize towards it. And then I also chose the owner of the record store that I regularly frequent. His name's Ray, but he goes by the name of Radon. Uh, he thinks that's his cool name. That's, you know, he wants to try to set this really cool image. Um, he was the one that got me into wanting to be in a band. He was the one that started, you know, getting me bass tabs so I can learn songs like Motley Crue's Dr. Feelgood, as well as, you know, 
Ozzy's crazy train, things of that sort. So I do kind of turn to him because the record store does become, in some regards, a place of solace for me. It's my safe space when sometimes I don't want to be home or my sister's not around because maybe she's at a show or she's at school because she attends community college or something. Okay, cool. I, I like that. So the final bit of character creation that we have here before I get to start asking you guys specific questions is you need a hideout. And mechanically, a hideout is a place where you are safe. Again, I can't cause trouble at the hideout. The hideout is where you go when, you know, you need time away. And also it functions uh, much like the anchor, that if the kids are in the hideout and they talk out their troubles, they can recover conditions. So what I'm thinking... Uh, is that what way we've established this? The hideout's probably somewhere at Brandon's house. I'm thinking. I was thinking Brandon's basement, kind of like the clubhouse thing, where you know, my parents have kind of turned it over to just me and my friends. That's where, you know, my books are held. That's where, like, we have a table uh, with all of our, like, you know, my failed attempts at running D and D. You know, there's a record player down there. There's a tape player down there a bunch of beanbag chairs, stuff like that. That that tends to be our, our kind of our go-to place. Oh, God. Have you tried getting Jackson and Mateo to play D&D with you? Many, many times. I don't <laughs> think I need to ask you how that went because... Oh, absolutely poorly. <laughs> Although I did make a song called Eye of the Beholder. And you did? I did take that inspiration from Brendan because that I thought that was cool as shit. And I was absolutely over the moon. And he even said that to you. I'm over the moon. This is awesome. And you just looked at him funny like, what? I was like, why would he have like, why would he be into such a dark song called Eye of the Beholder? I don't, I don't get it. Because something I love is becoming, you know, sounds cool. It's being made into something cool. It's never happened to me before. And now we get to the final part of character creation, where as the GM, I get to ask specific questions to the kids. So I'm actually going to roll randomly to determine what we ask and we're going to start off with brandon what makes you angry hmm what makes me angry that's a good question i mean besides getting beaten up and and this isn't maybe stuff you need to answer right now but you know send me an email later or something maybe (laughs) yeah hey i'm kind of putting you guys on the spot here and we're limited on time so yeah just make a note you know you have to tell vince what makes you angry Noted. Okay. What do your parents do for work? That's actually a really easy one. Uh, my mom works as a baker in one of the local grocery stores, and uh, my dad works as a mechanic at the uh, the local bus. Like, if there's buses where they go to, like, the at the end of the night, he works in their garage. Uh, yeah, the local bus depot. All right. And then finally, what do you dream about at night? Fucking elves. Uh, if Both it, literally if it, and figuratively, I imagine. <laughs> uh, if, it, if it was the subject of a Ronnie James Dio song, it probably was in my dreams. So literally fantasy worlds, escaping reality. All right, nice. All right, next up, Jackson. Uh, we already did that one. Uh, what do you think about sports? Uh, I don't think he'd he'd be all that interested. Um, okay. I would actually put that along the lines of, again, 
in tying it to his old man. If his old man mm-hmm. was the type who got plastered while watching sports, he would have a negative connotation of that. So I would say he's not interested in any way, shape, or form. All right. That, that fits nicely. All right, we'll do the same one for you here. What do you dream about at night? Conflict, probably. Bad dreams? Bad dreams. He's going to be wound up all the time. So he'd be worried about waking up with his old man holding his throat kind of deal. All right. And let me just have I answered that fucking question. <laughs> it was painful. <laughs> Don't make me relive it again. <laughs> what is the furthest you have traveled from your hometown? I would actually like, I know it's cliche, but that idea of making it to the city borders, planning to leave, and stopping there and realizing he can't. He's got people still he needs to protect, his his mother and his his uh, sister, and he can't just leave them behind. So basically, okay. that town. Fair enough. All right, and finally for Matea... Uh, we kind of already know that one for you. In what way has your problem gone from bad to worse lately? You know, my problem's gone from bad to worse because the uh, the person that I, I have an interest in looks like he is giving attention to someone else. And I find myself, you know, growing with jealousy. And this is the first time that I've experienced jealousy in any form. Nothing like aggressive or rage, but definitely heartbroken and i've been writing some new songs about it oh you're screaming in your pillow at night i don't have to answer that (laughs) (laughs) i don't have to answer that all right you're muted yeah i know i'm toggling between because when i hit enter on roll 20 and i don't have it selected it mutes me (laughs) oh yeah this is the same when we asked brandon what makes you angry What makes me angry is the fact that my mother actually stays with my father because she strongly believes in the vows till death do us part, despite the way my father treats her and treats the family. And I'm very much a a three-spirit thinker where you should be with somebody you love, not somebody out of obligation. And that upsets me more than anything. That's why I choose to love holy. All right. And finally... We just had that one. What's your favorite food? Pizza. Way to stretch your creative bounds there. I'm always going to love pizza. Nothing will ever change. Yeah, I was going to say, that's pretty much a given, man. Come on, just accept it. it. It's it's totally, it is. It's pizza, but um, if pizza is a non-acceptable answer, then I would have to say my mother's mofongo. That is a traditional Spanish dish. I love mofongo more than anything. No, we're absolutely having a scene in the local pizza place. I was going to say, the best thing is, I know what that is. I don't think Roger or Vince know what that is. Dude, I'm from South Florida. Come on. Uh, Well, there's a difference between the stuff you get in South Florida and Puerto Rican mofongo. mofongo. Uh, Not when you go to places that are run by Puerto Ricans. Fair enough. Okay. And Ali can confirm that. Yeah, he has he has been to a cuchifrito, so I, I can confirm that he Excellent. has proper mofongo con chichoro. He has. The fuck's a cocho and frita? And our fire. <laughs> <laughs> f- is that like a chip stand? What is that? <laughs> I'll Google it for you. I'll send you. A I can't spell it, so you'll have to. 
Okay, do you know what do you know what, do you know what plantains are, Roger? No fucking clue. All right, I got nothing for you then, man. Just okay. Google it. <laughs> just one second, Roger. I'll get I'm this not for that you. interested. I was just curious. All right. Finally, what we have here is just like I did with the individuals. I'm going to ask some questions to the group as a whole. Uh, much the same. I'll do it randomly. And we already know the answer to that question. So as a group, what do you like to do? Like, how, how, What do you do when you're hanging out in Brandon's basement? Well, I know Jackson and I love comic books. So, I mean, probably swapping comics and talking about them at least somewhat. Um, Matea, I don't, I mean, what do you I think? Would, I would say to, I guess, you know, because I have, a, I have a soft spot for Brendan. Like he's kind of like the little brother that I never had. So I try to bring my base over and try to make these like themes to his like superhero antics and stuff so that he can actually set a soundtrack to his adventures oh so and that's what and that's that. why i learned that all the the metal songs that you listen to like i'm listening to them and it's like wait a minute they're talking about mordor i have a book about that exactly so i'm basically just you know kind of taking riffs and the honest truth of it all is i'm still very much a newbie so it'll actually be like you know kisses dr love but you know i'll probably try to change the lyrics to something that brendan might like so <laughs> dr doom <laughs> I can see that I can see there being an early gaming system there as well for him. Something like an old, be it an old Vic 20, an old Commodore yeah, 64. A Commodore, yeah, something along um, those lines. I, I wouldn't go much higher than Commodore 64 for that time period because mm-hmm. I remember that time period. I remember the friends who had either a Vic-20 or a Commodore 64 back when I had a color computer, too, for fuck's sakes, that had a tape deck to save the games that I (laughs) coded myself. So I would go to friends and then hang out with them most of the time as they played and watch them. And sometimes you get your, your turn and all that. But again, it's kids and it's their machine. So if there was a system like that there that... Again, even if it's Brendan playing it most of the time, and I just watched, that'd be fine. It'd be something to, to share there as well. All right, oh, so, dude, so it's my old, it's my dad's old, uh, the big standalone Atari that ha- you had to like reach behind to load everything, which took like two people to move the damn thing, <laughs> and had the smallest monitor in the world. Yeah, well, I like I'm the idea that, of the Commodore awesome. 64. I like it too because it was so new and so fresh, and it in it also was computer, not just a gaming system. So it had that computer element to it as well, which would certainly work with your character too. And oh, yeah. and I again, I remember that in the day and how striking it was, how awesome that time period was to go from the proprietary gaming systems to now these these like Commodore 64 and and the Vic 20 to a lesser degree but what's cool about that is if you if your character is also into coding games be it something like not a my, D&D thing no, or that's, whatever that's not my that's not really my character no. that would be more like the computer geek type thing oh, okay okay well anyways it's still it'll be something to to tie the characters together I'm also curious to ask, oh, Brendan, by chance, would your basement happen to have a TV? Why, sure it does. 
and maybe I could come over and watch some MTV music videos because my mom's watching Univision all the time for the telenovelas. Could I maybe <laughs> come over there just to watch the music videos of the new stuff that's coming out? And then, you yeah. know what I mean? I wouldn't get in trouble. Well, you wouldn't get in trouble because our parents are friends. So, like, they would, you'd just be like, I'm going to Brandon's house and nobody would bat an eye at it. And my parents would just be like, Yeah, go. He's in the basement. Go ahead. Yeah. So, see, that's that something that I can see her character and mine being able to share that together as well. Where to the point of even if going back to my fucking roots here, like if periodically I my character goes to his desk and if he did have more of an older computer system like my old one and disconnect the fucking tape deck and put a blank in there and then put that up to the speaker on the TV when the, the songs come on to record the ones. And that's how she and I are making this is how you get takes. the tapes to trade at school. Exactly. And we make money off of it. And that's how I ended up getting all the money to pay off my base. <laughs> I actually used to my I used to do that when I was a kid, except with us, it was just off of the radio. But I would put the tape oh, yeah, we did the, the same old thing, one man. up against the speaker. And that's how you got your tape mixes in the day. And you wish yep. to hell the fucking DJs would shut up. <laughs> and then you would uh, you would end up trading it, like going to a local post office and try to trade it like with different countries and stuff. I know my sister used to do it. And she would give me all the tapes that she got from the Brazilians because that's where she mailed all her shit to. Yeah, fun funnily enough, we used to do that in Buffalo with Canada because during the, the late 80s when I was doing this as a kid, um, the, the stuff that was playing on MTV down here and on the radio here was so wildly different than what was playing even just like in Toronto oh, God. that we used to do stuff like that. Like we used to like trade stuff back and forth. I like that because there's no like one thing the three of you do as a group. But since you have this communal space, you just just by being close to each other, you're kind of picking up elements of what each other like. So and that's, that's what that's, kids were, man. Exactly. Yeah, that's that's exactly. Yep. So one last question for the group before we go. Who dislikes you? <laughs> uh, pretty much everybody in school hates me. Adults or kids? What are you talking about? Vince? Yeah, the, the 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 three of you as a group, like who who do you guys not get along with? I the popular would... girls. Oh, sorry. No, no, that's all right. No, that makes sense. It could be the 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 popular group, the like the clique. They don't like us uh, for various reasons, and they're constantly trying to instigate people um, against us. Which is one of the reasons why I get beat up all the time. Uh, it's why Roger's character or why Jackson is labeled as a. a a, uh, a troublemaker so much is because like they're constantly spreading bad rumors about him to like and to teachers and stuff and because they're like the prim and proper group they just believe them and the popular girls don't like me because i'm already developed which is why i frequently go to the school nurse because i want to try to get out of gym so i don't have to change and them see my 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 bra and they could see that i have a bigger cup than they do so the girls mm -hmm. constantly look down on me for it and a lot of this might just be, uh, you know, from their parents as well. Like, you know, you have the you know, the, the minority families and the, the guy that beat his kid. So, like, the, their parents don't like your families, but they don't know exactly why. So they just think there's something wrong with you. Like, there, there could be a lot of uh, factors tying into that that I that could be interesting to explore. All right. So I think we have a fun little group here. I like that you guys are finding uh, ways to interact with each other. So we're going to be starting our first adventure mystery coming up in a, a few weeks here but unfortunately for now winter is coming so joe needs to head yeah. off 
But uh, thank you very much for listening to this episode. Uh, I actually really enjoyed this. Like, even though I didn't really do much of anything, just seeing the excitement in the three of you is like you're finding these cool little ways for your characters to, to get along and do things together. Like, I, I love that. I, I, I really enjoy seeing, you know, when characters, well, not even characters, players find that spark uh, among their characters. The 80s was such an iconic period, though, yeah. so that's the thing. And as I'm reading through the book and all that, I'm I'm remembering so much of that period. And because of the age group I was during the 80s, I kind of saw the span from late childhood to teenagers to being a teenager kind of thing throughout. So there was there was so much that happened in that, so much bad, but so much that stuck in our collective heads that it... I'm I'm so excited, and this is putting you on the spot, motherfucker, because I'm so excited to see what <laughs> you're going to do, because the opportunities are there. The bar is pretty fucking high right now. <laughs> but again, that's what I love about this game. It's very much collaborative storytelling. So, like, if you have an idea for a specific thing you want your character doing, like, okay, let's check in with Jackson, see what he's doing this morning, and you know, you're describing the cartoon you're watching or the song that's playing on the radio. That's a great way for you to interject that ideal of this setting in into the game of yourself yeah. it's not all the gm it's not this is my world like this is the world yeah. <laughs> it's, there's no there's no fantasy setting that i've created a rich history for here it's the 80s in america <laughs> we 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 have a shared knowledge of, of what we're playing in here and we can all draw upon that the fuck is that about <laughs> what ask your girlfriend What's going on behind my back? <laughs> Wait, is it what I put in my character sheet? What the fuck is adobo? <laughs> I put a, I put a bottle of adobo to sprinkle on my pizza. I'm adding that as an item. Do you, do you not? Uh, oh yeah, Roger probably doesn't know what adobo is. Uh, they probably don't man, sell it up here. It's like it, it's like okay. Do you know I'm, like I'm uh, assuming like a hot sauce. Is? It's basically no, a hot sauce. It's, no, it's it like is garlic not. powder. It's like yeah. garlic. It's okay. like a seasonal, like if you know, like you have oh, a okay. Laurie's all season salt. That's all what right. it basically is, but the Puerto Rican version. All right then, go yeah. on, Vince. I just <laughs> tell your girlfriend not to interrupt anymore. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, for everybody listening, thank you for tuning in, and be sure to check back in a few weeks with the first adventure of this crew of outcasts. You can follow those adventures. You can find us on Twitter at For the Lore. Uh, you can find myself at Samodian. Roger is at Zen Buddhist. Joe is at Loader ZJ, and Alicia is at Pizza Maid. Coming up next week, we're going back to D and D, but maybe not the D and D you're all quite so familiar with. Please look forward to it. <laughs> Peace. <laughs> Thank you for listening to For the Lore. Each week, the show is broadcast live on Mondays at 7 p.m. Eastern. Stop by forthelore.com slash live to join the conversation and have your thoughts discussed on the show. If you'd like to hear more from the guys, check out Comic Book Informer, a weekly podcast from Vince and Roger, as well as Popcorn Ronin, a bi-weekly movie, TV, and anime podcast.